0: God is my shepherd
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. What a houseful today. We're trusting the Lord will bring others into the congregation this morning. So thankful that uh, everybody was able to um, come and join us today. Uh, I don't see any visitors yet. I'm thinking on a holiday weekend once in a while, we might see some new faces. Um, so, uh, but there are people who are also watching us on the live stream. We want to welcome everybody to uh, be participants of the service today and Uh, We have a great uh, morning planned for you, Uh, and then, of course, we have the church uh, barbecue coming up after the service, so please feel free and welcome to join us for that. Uh, We also have a great guest speaker, uh, Paul Krause. You'll be introduced to him in just a little bit. Uh, He was from Hoboken Evangelical Free Church and has retired to the Jersey Shore, so we welcome him and his wife, Debbie, to the Jersey Shore, and uh, looking forward to hearing from him today. Great message on prayer. So he says, and I'm trusting he is. (laughs) so we're looking we're really looking forward to that um just a reminder um the reason i'm standing here is because pastor keith and claudia are in maui uh serving the lord over there for two weeks uh obviously ministering to the community out there that was devastated by these wildfires in lahaina and that surrounding area and uh so i i pray uh you know we're going to pray for them in just a little bit but i hope that you also too have been praying for them and thinking about them. They, there's great need out there. And uh, there's uh, not just need uh, physically, but emotionally, people struggling, loss of life, loss of home. I mean, it's just unimaginable. And so uh, we're very thankful that they had the opportunity to go out there and be a part of that. And uh, we will continue to pray for them. Uh, this morning, we're going to have the call to worship from Psalm 150. Um, Great one, the last psalm in uh, the scriptures, uh, and I'm going to read that for us, and that'll get us ready as we prepare to worship through song. And it says this: Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty expanse, praise Him for His mighty deeds, praise Him according to His excellent greatness, praise Him with trumpet sound, praise Him with harp and lyre, praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As we enter into our opportunity to uh, worship together, let's praise the Lord.
0: First,
2: believe my chains are. Forever Will be Forever mine. You are Forever Mine
1: ben. We realize the fullness of the amazing grace of God, of the Lord, as Lord has allowed us to be a part of his family. We are so undeserving. We're sinful people saved by grace. Amen. Okay. Thank you. You can be seated uh, and also greet one another. Down the hall, all
3: of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy. Jesus' name On Christ the Solid rock I stand All other ground Is sinking sand All other Ground is sinking Sand When darkness Fails his lovely Face I rest On his unchanging Grace in Every high Stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand His oath his government His blood support me in the flood, when all around my soul gives way, he then is all
1: my hope Okay, if stay. I could ask everyone to return to all their seats. The I have a few announcements to make, and then uh, I will introduce our guest speaker. <laughs> There's a few stragglers out there. Okay. All right. And I didn't make the announcement before. It looks like the kids are, are down the hall already. So if anybody is here with child, you're welcome to take your kids down the hall for services this morning. And they have a special guest teacher down there today, Bruce Neary. Woo! Yeah. Right. He runs a tight ship. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, uh, for announcements, today is barbecue Sunday. Glad Uh, that you are all here. I pray that, uh, you know, you've been blessed already today by the music. And now uh, after the preaching today, we'll also have the opportunity to gather together and fellowship with one another. And that's a lot of times where the rubber meets the road. So our time of fellowship together uh, allows us an opportunity to get to know one another more and get one uh, to know one another's needs more. And so I pray that you'll have a chance to do that. Um, If there's somebody that maybe you've never sat with uh, previously, Go find a seat with them, get to know them, and see who they are. Um, and then, uh, okay, so this week is going to be a busy week. It's a kickoff for uh, several things. Uh, the men's and ladies' Bible studies will be starting on Tuesday, six thirty for the men, and nine thirty for the women till eleven. Uh, you're going to be uh, beginning in um, the book of Colossians, right? Then first and th- second Thessalonians, and then uh, the book of Daniel. So. Uh, for those who can uh, join them, uh, it's always good to have a good turnout. Uh, there, you'll be blessed by it. Believe me, this is really a chance for you to to dig deeper into the Word um, and another opportunity to get to know your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, I pray that uh, you all take a chance to to be a part of that. Coming up on Wednesday, September the 20th, we're going to be resuming um, the the uh, podcast. So what? So, Pastor Keith, Pastor Dave, uh, and Pastor Mike, I forgot his name, sorry. Um, They're going to be doing their podcast as they've been doing. I'm just so blessed. The times that we have gone there to see these two local pastors coming together, uh, sharing from the word and sharing their life experiences, their their people just like us, they have struggles, uh, and they share them. They share them openly, too, and they share their victories as well. And so if you have a chance to to go on a, a Wednesday night, Pray that you might take advantage of that. Those uh, will be, again, starting September 20th, uh, starting at 6.30 in the evening. In the meantime, we still meet here for, for prayer uh, on Wednesdays up until that time. So there's two more weeks of prayer. Uh, we're going to meet, we meet at 7 uh, down the hall, right down in one of the conference rooms. So if you can join us for that, that would be great. Andrew and Elizabeth are leading that, that uh, prayer time together, and uh, so we're thankful that we have an opportunity to come and and pray for one another. So if you can join us, please do. Um, Coming up um, Saturday, September 23rd, this is a new announcement. We're going to have a men's breakfast. Uh, This is going to be a kickoff to our new uh, Ministry to Men. So um, the Ministry to Men is going to encompass several different things. But first, let me just ask the leadership team that's uh, present with us here if they can stand up uh, so that you know who they are, and, and, if, and men in particular, if you have any questions. Uh, so there's Gil in the back. Okay, we have we have Rob over here. We have this guy Bill. <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill has agreed to be the leader of the group, and uh, I'm also part of the leadership team and Pastor Keith as well. So we're very excited. We're in the uh, uh, probably like the middle stages of trying to plan this, uh, so that we have uh, you know uh, good success, not in our own eyes, but in God's eyes. It's all all given to him it's going to be a big emphasis on this ministry in discipleship and teaching uh so we're all we're all at with god in different parts of our lives uh different parts of our knowledge of him and and uh, understanding him and walking with him and uh we all can have the opportunity to grow and so i pray that uh the men of this church will catch fire really and uh, be a part of that ministry uh so saturday september 23rd at 8 30 a.m will be our kickoff breakfast There's going to be food, obviously. Uh, We'll also be sharing a little bit about the vision of uh, the new ministry. And then the men's retreat will be October 13th and 14th and 15th. So for those of you who have not signed up yet and want to be a part of that, or if you have questions about it, you can come to me or any one of the men that just stood up. uh, Ask them a little bit about um, what the retreat is all about. We are still planning some different specific pieces of it. We have a great speaker coming in from the man in the mirror ministry. Uh, Greg uh, is going to be coming in and uh, being a special part of a presentation to us. Uh, Pastor Keith and I have had a couple of sit downs with him via Skype and uh, just a tremendous man of the Lord and uh, very led in trying to um, help men's ministries grow and build. And uh, so that's, I've been praying for that specifically, Lord, that we would, that we would see more uh, of the men getting together uh, and fellowshipping, obviously, but growing in the faith and supporting one another and supporting our church and, so, and the community at large. And so I pray that you'll be able to be a part of that. And then the Women's Fall Retreat, obviously, is, uh, is coming up as well at Claudia's uh, and Keith's house. That's going to be October 7th and 8th. Uh, So if you're interested in that, you'll have to wait for Claudia to come back with some of the information, although I guess there's some ladies uh, here that you can ask questions about that as well. And then last but not least is um, October 28th, the end of October, we're having our Fall Harvest Festival. No pig roast this time, but we have other things being planned for the day. Uh, This is a great ministry, a great outreach. Um, It's on a Saturday and we invite, uh, it's going to be a combined with Allenwood Church. So uh, our friends at Allenwood are going to be uh, stopping by uh, and joining with us. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to invite people to come fellowship with us. Uh, no pressure. You know, people just come and enjoy it. It's There's going to be a lot of things to do for families. So if you have children uh, who are going to be out here, uh, pray that, uh, you know, that if you want to have them invite their friends, they're welcome to do that. Uh, So again, this will be, that'll be a great thing that uh, we're planning to do uh, on October 28th. And at this time now, I'm going to close in prayer. And then I'm going to ask our guest speaker to join us. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have gathered together today. Thank you for the fellowship of the believers, Lord, the saints. Thank you for um, the preparation of the word that's already been happening this past week through Pastor Paul. Lord, I ask that you would fill him with your spirit lead him and guide him boldly as he proclaims your word. We can't hear enough about messages about prayer. Father, just pray that we would be attentive to what you would want us to hear and uh, to be able to make this a part of our lives. I pray specifically for pastor Keith and for Claudia for the ministry that they have in Maui. Lord, I just ask that you would work in them and through them to be a blessing to the people that are there struggling with such difficulties. Pray that you would um, also be with Lauren and Ben, who I'm sure must feel sometimes so exhausted for having continually reaching out um, to help these people in need for the churches that are there supporting them. Lord, lead them and guide them. And we do pray, even despite this tragedy, Lord, that you would bring revival uh, as a result of that, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit. And uh, thank you again for this word. Thank you for, thank you for the, the last song. Amazing Grace, one of my favorite songs. Thank you for that blessing that we have in it. May, uh, may we always count that as a special part of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And at this time, I'll ask Pastor Paul Krause to come join us. Uh, as I mentioned before, Paul is the um, retired pastor from Hoboken Evangelical Free Church. Um, he's now ministering. I guess uh, on the side, helping out as much as he can at Allenwood church. And uh, we have such a great relationship with them. So we're glad that you're, you're being able to join us today, bearing in the word and uh, God bless you. Thanks.
4: Morning church. Hmm. I guess I don't have to introduce myself too much. I've been introduced. I was in Hoboken for 25 years. Before retiring, we now live in Brick, just moved there this summer, uh, and, then, and are enjoying it. I don't know if any of you would remember or not, but six years ago, one week past, I preached here. How many of you remember? Uh, none. Oh, well, my wife remembers. <laughs> I guess I can ask you if you remember what I preached on. <laughs> uh. When I come to a new pulpit, when I come to a place that I'm not used to, I try to make myself feel comfortable. One of the things that I do that makes me do that is something I do in Hoboken every single week. I started out the service by saying, God is good. All the time? Good, I feel at home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It's good to be back with you. Here in Allenwood, We've, as it was mentioned, we go to the Allenwood Church with Pastor Dave, and I, it's great to see how the churches get together. We're looking forward to the fall fellowship that we have coming up in October. That should be a fun time for everybody. Last time I was here, I spoke on the book of John, and we talked about Jesus' prayer. Well, today we're going to talk about prayer again, and we're in Luke chapter 11. So if you have a Bible... Open up to Luke chapter eleven. I am probably in a different translation than you are, but it's close close enough. You can take a look and read. I'm in the I'm in the New King James Version because that's what we use over in Allenwood. Luke chapter eleven. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray." as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend, and go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I said to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit those who ask him let us pray father we thank you this morning for your word your living word your word that teaches your word that shows us how to live your word that goes with us father we pray that you would open up our hearts open up our minds to what you would have for us today and that this would be something that we could use to enhance our walk with you For our desire is to draw closer and closer every time we get together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start by saying that everybody prays. Everybody thinks prayer is good. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, you will pray. Or at least you say you will. The phrase thoughts and prayers has been out there so much this year. Thoughts and prayers. Praying hand emojis on Facebook. Please, play, please pray for me. Hand, 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 hand hug. How many times have you walked down the hallway of the church or in the parking lot or somewhere and someone says, pray for me. I have this need. I said, I'll pray for you. Did you? Did you? How many times do you say, I'll pray for you and then don't? Everybody prays, or do they? But Not everybody prays well, not even knowing why or who they're praying to. I have some prayers here that were presented by children. And I thought I'd share some of them. Dear God, I would like to live 900 years like the guy in the Bible. Love Chris. Dear God, if you watch me in church on Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. Mickey. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole wide world. There are only four people in my family, and I can't do it. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but I prayed for a puppy. Dear God, it rained our whole vacation. My father's mad. He said something about you that people are not supposed to say. But I hope you won't hurt him anyway. Your friend, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. The story was told of a little boy who had been misbehaving and was sent to his room. After a while, he came out of his room and informed his mother and said, "Mom." I thought it over, and I said a prayer. And his mom said, that's wonderful. If you ask God to help you not to mis- misbehave, he will help. The little boy looked at his mom and said, I didn't ask him to help me not to misbehave. I asked him to help you to put up with me. As I said, everybody prays. And these kids' prayers were really cute. But there are also adult prayers that are things that you and I And those around us may pray that aren't quite there. Uh, Genie in the bottle prayers. Have you ever said a genie in the bottle prayers? You know what that is? Genie in the bottle prayers is our wishes, God's command. God, I want this. God, give me this. God, please, I'd love to have this. I used to have a genie in the bottle prayer. I lived in Jersey City and I pastored in Hoboken. In the city of Hoboken, there are 9,000 parking places. There are 15,000 people who have permits to park in Hoboken. I was one of them. You can do the math. Where it would take me 10 minutes to get to Hoboken to the church in the morning, it would take me 20 to 30 minutes beyond that just to find a parking space. So my daily genie-in-a-bottle prayer was, guess what? Find me a parking space. Lord, find me a parking space. The genie in the bottle prayer. Another type of prayer is what I call the fire extinguisher prayer, which is also called the parachute prayer. We're glad a parachute is there if you need it. You're glad the fire extinguisher is there if you need it, but you hope to never use it. The parachute fire extinguisher prayer is the one that says, well, the least we can do is pray. But all else fails when we finally get to the end of our own. We pray. The parachute or fire extinguisher prayer. The sales pitch prayer is when we try to sell God on something, where we say, "God, please, I need this. Just, just give me one more day." Or, Lord, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. And then there are the religious duty prayers. I have to pray. I'm a Christian. I have to pray. God tells me, I need to pray. His word says, I need to pray. It's my duty to pray. These religious duty prayers tend to be boring. They tend to be routine. They tend to be empty. They tend to be meaningless. They tend to be guilt trip prayers. Or they tend to be bless this, bless that, bless everything prayers. I was listening to the radio this week, and one of the people on the radio was talking, can you try for a week? When you do your daily prayers, for one week, not to use the word bless. What would you say to God? How would you talk to God? Because we use that word bless over and over and over again. Religious duty prayers. And then for pastors, this is one for pastors, I call it the end of sermon prayer. This takes two forms repeating most of the sermon over again to make sure that people got it, or praying with numerous additional points that should have been in the sermon to begin with, they never got in there, so he keeps praying it. I wonder why our prayers don't help often. We need to learn how to pray like Jesus prayed. Because we want the results that Jesus got in his prayer life. And God wants that for us. And that's what his disciples wanted. We're told here, came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. One as the spokesman for the group. That was common for followers of a rabbi or a teacher to ask him to teach them something. And they did wait until Jesus finished praying, which is a good thing. But the disciples watching Jesus pray, they recognized watching his life that prayer was a priority in his life. They were impressed by what they saw. They sensed that in some way, prayer provided strength. And it does. Prayer is the most important thing a believer can do. The most important thing. It is foundational. And Lord... Teach us to pray. Believe it or not, this is the only time in the entirety of scriptures that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them something. Teach us to pray. And Jesus taught them. He taught them first with a model prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is probably better titled the Disciples' Prayer. And then he gave them a couple of illustrations From this three-part lesson, we can learn how to have an effective prayer life. So we start out with the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Do you want to have an effective prayer life? To have an effective prayer life, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to have a relationship with God. It doesn't happen otherwise. There's no strength otherwise. When you say our father, it gets prayer started on the right foot. It reminds us why we can go to the throne of God with boldness. It's because God is our heavenly father. We're not approaching some cold, distant despot out there who is unconcerned about what we're going through. We're approaching someone who loves us, someone who cares about us, someone who wants to communicate with us. This week was also the anniversary of the film, The Wizard of Oz. Well, we're not going to some guy behind a curtain pulling ropes and putting up a big steamy face saying, I am the great wizard. We're going to a personal God who we have a relationship with. There's a difference, and the world doesn't understand this, There is a difference between being a creation of God and being a child of God. When I hear someone say, well, we're all God's children, no. We're all God's creation. We become God's children when we invite Jesus Christ into our lives as our Lord and Savior. That's when we become children of God. That's when our prayer can become powerful. If you're here today and you don't No, Jesus, please talk to me afterwards. We'll open up that door for you. You can have a relationship because that's what we're looking for. The word is filled with reminders of what God's already done for me. He's adopted me. He made me his child. So I can come with confidence in God's integrity, in God's plan for my life because I have that relationship. Jesus continues, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. As we come to our Father, we want nothing that would bring dishonor. to Him. He is holy. We pray to our Father out of his holiness. He is set apart. We come with reverence on who he is. My highest purpose is to bring glory to him. My requests are for him to be magnified. I'm praying for Pastor Keith in Hawaii. I'm praying for what Pastor Keith is doing by praying that God will be glorified. That it is God who needs to be worshiped and is holy. It's something we cannot skip. We can't rush through it. It has to be the beginning of our petitions. Hallowed be thy name. And it's sad to say in today's world, and unfortunately even in many of today's churches, holiness is something we don't talk about, we don't think about, we don't live in our lives. And the words here are a reminder and a declaration to me and all of heaven and earth that I want what falls within this context. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And we need to make sure of that when we come before the Lord. It goes on. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a call for kingdom rule of God to be in full effect. It's the desire that God's will will prevail over and above my will in everything. Do you want God's will to prevail? Or do you go before God when you pray and say, I want you to do what I want, not I want to do what you want? God's will prevail over and above my will. It's the understanding that his wisdom does not need to be corrected by my petition. Lord, why did you do this? Wouldn't it have been better to do it this way? His wisdom doesn't need to be corrected by my petition, but my petition needs to be subject to his plan for me within the larger scheme of things because God is God, God is sovereign, and I am not. We're not passively reconciling ourselves to some unknown fate set in the stars. We're actively submitting our will to God when we see your Kingdom come. And there are two sides of this relationship with God that we must not forget. One side has to do with the honor that's always due him because he created us. He created all things. Without him, we are nothing. He is above the kings of the earth, above us. Hallowed be your name. Let's not forget his sovereignty, his right to rule our lives. And the other side is that God has embraced us as his very own children Romans Romans 8:15 For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out abba father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Did you hear that we're not in spirit of bondage we're not bound to fear Because God is our Father that we can call Abba Father and we come before him knowing that and therefore we can say you are holy, you are our Father, we want what you want because what you want is better than what I want. Prayer is a relational interaction between a father and a child. It's not a mechanical system where we push the right buttons and say the right words and out pops the answer we want. It's not AI. It's not a chatbot. And if we approach prayer as simply a bunch of principles of faith that we can get to use God to do what we want, we will find ourselves very disappointed along the way. So with that understanding, I submit my request to him. Verse 3, give us, day by day, or in some translations, each day, our daily bread. We're asking for daily dependence on God, that each day God go with it. You see, in New Testament times, this would have referred to the daily ration of food that a master would give to his servant to supply the energy he needed just for that day. Jesus was asking here and teaching here in his prayer that the followers should rely on God each day individually for God to work through them in doing his work. To be speaking with him today about today's needs. To speak with him tomorrow about tomorrow's needs. This is why it was so hard for the rich man to respond to Jesus because he didn't see his daily need. He thought he could take care of it all himself. When we're walking in the flesh, we don't want daily dependence. We want independence from God. But our relationship is dependent and daily. It also means when we come before him in prayer, that we follow his example in our relationship with others. Forgive us our sins. Everybody want to have their sins forgiven? Yeah? Not everybody, okay. Okay. Let's try it again. Everybody want to have their sins forgiven? Okay, and we'll go with that. Anybody withholding forgiveness that they need to give to somebody else? Sometimes it's hard to forgive, isn't it? Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Jesus is praying that God forgive us, but also allow us to forgive us to others, the same mercy we want from God, we need to grant to others. And do not lead us into temptation. We choose to live by our heavenly family values, don't we? We don't want to be led into selfishness. Sometimes we go there. We don't want to be led into impurity or greed. Sometimes we go there. Or anything else that's inconsistent with that character of our Father and the values of our Father. We don't want to go there. Lead us not into temptation. In James we read, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Okay. There seems to be a conflict here. God don't lead us into temptation, but it says God doesn't lead us into temptation. The best way to explain the discrepancy here is to give a better translation of the passage, which says, do not lead us into testing situations. Do not lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, no temptation overtakes you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Give us that way of escape. That's what Jesus is telling them to pray. All based on the relationship of God as our Father. So in summary on the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, it tells us that if we want to have a strong, healthy, impactful, confident prayer life, we must know that we are praying because of our relationship with God. The first imperative for a for a good prayer life, for an effective prayer life, for an impactful prayer life, is to build your relationship with God, to know him well. The second essential for a healthy prayer life we find in verses five through eight. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on my journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he'll answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give it to you. I said to you, though, he will not rise and give it to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Jesus is telling a story in this story about prayer about a man whose friend visits him at midnight. The traveler is tired. The traveler is hungry. He's been traveling a long ways, and he comes to his friend's house, and his friend has nothing to feed him with. Now, bread was the primary staple. And it was all gone for the day. He couldn't, he couldn't just run down to Wawa, 7-Eleven, Panera, or right to pick up some fresh bread. In that culture, people traveled at night, so he came in late because they, wanted to finish, they didn't want to deal with the heat of the day. And hospitality was supreme, and it was a horrible shame. It was terrible hospitality to have a guest show up and have nothing to give them to eat. There are three people in the story. You have the traveler who is tired and hungry. You have the host who is totally embarrassed because he has nothing to give. And you have the host's neighbor or friend who just wants to sleep. The host goes to his neighbor, knocks on the door, says, can I borrow three loaves so I can feed my guest? The neighbor, are you nuts? Do you know what time it is? Go away. I don't want you to wake up my family. You see, the family would all be asleep on pallet-type beds on the floor, and the father would be on a pallet right by the door. So in order for him to go and get the bread, he'd have to climb over his family, come back, op- climb over them going back, and open a deadbolt on the door, which would make a lot of noise and disturb his family. Now, I don't know about you, but if I don't get enough sleep, I am rumpy, I see some of you shaking your heads, yeah, I don't get enough sleep. I am grumpy, and I could see why the host go away. So what does the host do? He continues to ask. He continues to stay. I'm not going anywhere until it's granted. Why was it granted because of his shameless, bold persistence in his request? That's what it says in verse eight, not because he's his friend. Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. The textbook's great emphasis on that word here, persistence, which can also be translated boldness. And that's the characteristic that Jesus is commending here. Boldness in prayer, persistence in prayer. In a negative sense, it can mean an insensitivity to what is proper, sort of an insolence, I'm going to get what I want no matter what. In a positive sense, it means persistence and a tenacious insistence without regard to time, without regard to place, without regard to person, persistence. Now, it's a mystery to me sometimes why persevering faith is so important in the process, but that's what's being taught here. Later in Luke, Jesus tells the story of a woman who kept coming to an unjust judge until her request was granted. Persistence, boldness, going before the throne of God. The point of the story is that we should always pray, not faint, not lose heart, not give up, There's something about the process of perseverance that's beneficial to us. Peter says the genuineness of your faith is more precious than gold. God could grant us our request when we come before him without walking us through a persistent process. But he does it for our benefit, for our eternal benefit. And so Jesus calls for persistence. So we have relationship, we have persistence and perseverance, boldness. The third Essential for a healthy prayer life in this passage, verses 9 through 13. So I say to you ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Notice everything we've talked about has something to do with faith confidence based on relationship with the father perseverance and persistence that continues in the face of discouragement and now expectation which is based on the faithfulness of god and god's promises to you and to me luke eleven nine. i ask it will be given Seek you will find knock it will be open that's the message jesus gives to the disciples concerning prayer he says don't give up actively press for an answer the temptation is to become lethargic in prayer, to wonder if it's doing any good. If Jesus' words can be trusted, and we trust his words here, and we know that they can be trusted, even though we haven't seen a breakthrough, we continue to pray. Each of these three actions, asking, seeking, knocking, occurs in the present tense in the original Greek language. Literally, it's saying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Don't give up. There's a progression in this persistent. Ask, seek, knock. Ask is a simple request. Lord, please. Seeking is a stronger desire, a more definite kind of request. It's something that takes more time. It implies a greater sense of urgency. And knocking shows determination to get an answer. By continuing practicing asking, seeking, and knocking, we break the habit of where prayer becomes just an option. for emergency use only. It's something we do regularly, keeping an open line of communication with the Father. The truth behind this is that we won't continue to ask if we don't really feel a need or believe we can do it on our own or if we don't expect God to answer. A great example of this would be the life of George Mueller. George Mueller was an engineer and an evangelist and a founder of a Christian orphanage in England in the 19th century. He was a man of prayer. He knew the importance of keeping at prayer even when the answer was to be delayed. When he was very young, he began to pray for two of his friends, just two. He prayed for them every day, every day for 60 years. Think of it at that. Every day for 60 years. One of the men he was praying for came to Jesus shortly before his death. That was probably the last service that Mueller held. The other was converted within a year of Mueller's death. He prayed for 60 years. Who are you boldly praying for every single day? Is there anyone? Maybe a grown child? who needs Jesus. Maybe a newborn or a toddler that you want to grow up walking with Jesus. Maybe a spouse that doesn't know the Lord. Maybe your child's future spouse. Have you prayed for that? I remember praying that for my boys. Praying for their future spouses. Who are you praying for on a daily basis? My heart, My heart is for pastors, having been one for 30 years. I know what they do on a regular basis. I know what they go through. I know that they deal with. And even though I retired 10 years ago from the church in Hoboken, I still pray for the pastor that's there now. I pray for him. I pray for his wife. I pray for his kids, and I pray for the people in that church. And after 10 years, it's changed a lot. There are only four or five people left from when I was there, but it's a whole new congregation, and I still pray for them regularly. I pray regularly for the pastoral staff at churches I've attended throughout my life. I just don't leave and go somewhere and then forget about them. I keep praying for them. I pray regularly for my pastor, Pastor Dave, and for his family over at Allenwood. And in each case, I clearly want God to continue to bless them and bless their family. Oh, I'm using the word bless. And use them where they're serving. So my small thought here is to pray for your pastor. I'm going to hand these out later. My wife has some too. We want everybody to take one home and put it on your refrigerator. It says, the best way to appreciate your pastor is praying for him. P takes the word pastor. P is personal. A is administration. S is study. T for trials. O for oversight. And R for relationships. I want you to pray for your pastor. I want you to be reminded to do that every day. So I want you to take one of these later and take it home and either use a magnet and stick it to your refrigerator. Everybody goes to a refrigerator multiple times a day, so that should remind you. If you don't want to put it on your refrigerator, put it on the mirror in your bathroom. When you check yourself out in the morning, you'll be able to see a reminder to pray for your pastor. So that's a a side note. Are you praying daily? Who are you praying for? You want to glorify God. Pray for your pastor and your church will be impacted. It will change and it's super important. I hope that you have been praying every day this week for Pastor Keith as he's in Hawaii as he's serving there, that you continue to pray for him when he's back with you. That's my side note. That's my bonus for you for today. More is taught here than a mere repetition of the same request over and over again. As we keep asking, as we keep seeking, as we keep knocking, we discover what the will of God is in the matter at hand. God cannot put things into our hands until he first prepares our hearts. The greatest blessing of prayer is not getting an answer to that prayer, but being the kind of person that God can trust with that answer. Let me say that again. The greatest blessing of prayer is not just getting an answer. We want the answer. But being the kind of person God can trust with that answer. So we're to pray with the assurance in our hearts that what Jesus is saying here is indeed true. Your will be so our study in verse 11 through 13 brings us back full circle to where we started with our father because it goes back to the relationship. It says, if a son asks for bread from his father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? No. Because God loves you as his child. It's about Relationship. No father in his right mind would do such a thing. father's delight in giving gifts to their children. The greatest joy parents can experience is giving a gift to their kids. I, I love seeing my kids, particularly at their birthdays and Christmas time, see their faces light up when they open a gift and you know you bought them something that they really wanted. And it makes them really, really happy. The greatest joy is to see their kids light up. My love language includes giving. And I still try to find that perfect gift For my three boys who are now 40, 35, and 30. Because my three boys are always going to be my kids. And that's a reflection of God's delight in giving. Jesus uses the words in the verse, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give gifts to your children. Underline this phrase. much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask Him. how much more and notice that the answer to the requests that people are praying for is the holy spirit operating in their lives god will answer with insight and direction in your life through the gift of the holy spirit working in you Jesus says that we may not exactly get what we think we need. We may not get exactly what we think we want, but as the Holy Spirit guides our hearts, we will desire those things that God wants us to have that will be, benefit us. God is love. God is always looking out for the best for our best interests, even if we're not. And we can count on that. And we can pray expectantly, not because of our great performance as Christians, not because we had these wonderful words that flow from our mouths and use the right terminology and the right theology. But because God loves us and God is for us. It's not something we're wrestling to get an answer out of God's reluctant hand. It's something that God wants to give us. If we ask. You ask, You have not because you ask. No? So we pray with persistence. We pray with expectation. Again, what are you praying for? The restoration of a wayward child, the salvation of a spouse or a friend, maybe an open door for ministry, something you want to do in the church. What's your specific desire before the
2: Lord? He wants you to continue in prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. That's what the disciples asked.
4: That's what we need to ask. Pray trusting and confident because of our relationship with God, persistently coming boldly before God, expectantly knowing that God will open the door. Do that as individuals. Do that as a church. God is eager to respond to you. Go before him, and that's where you will find your strength. That's where you will find your power. That's where you will see your life working the way the disciples saw it in Jesus. An unknown poet wrote this. It's called, Into the Day. I got up this morning and rushed into the day. I had so much to accomplish, I didn't have time to pray. Troubles just tumbled about me, and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I tried to come to God's presence. I used all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, why, child? You didn't knock. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on gray and bleak. I called on the Lord for the reason, and he said, you didn't seek. I woke up early this morning. I paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that
2: I had to take time to pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We
4: know that you love us. That you have called us to be your children. That your desire is for us to communicate with you, to talk with you, to share our day and our lives with you, even though you know everything is going on. Lord, you want us to come to you. You want us to ask. You want us to seek. You want us to knock. You want us to know you better. You want to give us the strength to get through each day through the power of your Holy Spirit and his guidance. We pray and we thank you in the name of Jesus. I pray for these people in this church. I pray, Lord, that they would become people of prayer, strong, daily prayer, that they would see you work, that they would see your church grow strong, that they would see you grow in this community. I thank you for the relationship that we have with them at Allenwood, that these churches can work together so nicely. And I pray that you would take each one and mold them into what you would have them to be. You are holy, Lord. Don't let us forget that. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. God's people said, Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, uh, Pastor Paul, for bringing the word to us. Thank you so much for that reminder. We read that often, uh, that particular passage, you know, that, uh, that reminder of the model prayer of Jesus, of all the encouragement that it brings forth to us. And so we thank you so much for that. Don't forget to grab one of these so you can pray for your pastor. All right. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray now just in closing and uh, for a blessing of the, uh, the food which we're about to partake in. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we are able to enter into your presence and be um, just uh, bound by your word, Lord, and, and uh, being able to uh, use it uh, to bring honor and glory to you. Thank you for prayer and the special need for prayer. Lead us and guide us in our actions and our thoughts and all we do now the rest of the day today. Thank you for the food that's being prepared for us. May you bless us now to our bodies. Give us a good uh, rest of the afternoon, a great time of fellowship, and may we be and encouragement to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: The nations rise and fall.